I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Kramos. And welcome to episode seven of The Back Peg. Laz, absolutely fantastic episode in store for us here because we're joined by a very special guest. Yes, we are. We're joined by Adam Peacock, the one and only Adam Peacock, who's now of uh, codesports.com.au. Avid football journalist, follower, football person, all around uh, great guy. It'd be great to pick his brain and where we go from here as a game in this country and how we see the road forward because there's plenty of issues in Australian football and there's too many to go off in one episode, but we're going to dive into as many as we can. Joining us now on the back peg is the one and only Adam Peacock. Adam, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries, guys. Um, thanks for having me. I quickly rushed back from uh, down the park with the kids to come and chat some football, so all good. Awesome, awesome. We'll get the uh, EPL stuff out of the way just so we can you know, get the shit stirred to Nathan, right? <laughs> Go for it. So... Yeah, he's outnumbered for the first time in his life. He wouldn't even know what to do here. You know, two Geordies against uh, oh, a Man U supporter. So all, all these magpies, I tell you, I'm getting swooped. Good. <laughs> couldn't, happen, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, eh? You've got you to wear a bike helmet with chopsticks in it to keep him yep. away. <laughs> uh, that's the one. <laughs> uh, it, it's fantastic to have you on this week, particularly with the League Cup final on this weekend, of course. Manchester United, Newcastle United in the final. And it, it promises to be a fantastic match, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, two. I think Newcastle's come off the boil a bit, but Manchester United. I've watched them intently in the Europa League against Barcelona. They're playing well, um, so got to give them credit. And they deserve favourites. I haven't looked at the markets, but they deserve favourites in this. But we're a chance. We've got Bruno back, and um, okay, their goalkeeping situation is less than ideal, and goal scoring it's kind of dried up a bit for us. But yeah, it'll be. It'll be an absorbing contest because it's two sides who will provide a high energy type game style. So yeah, it's um it can go either way, but probably the head says sixty forty Manchester United. I think this is the favouritism split, and my heart obviously says 100 zero for Newcastle United. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. As a would, as a would, and um just talking about the uh, the prospect of this trophy, the last couple of seasons for the League Cup, it's been the Manchester City Trophy because the amount of times they've been to Wembley and won it, I think yeah. a lot of the shine got taken off this composition. But whoever wins on the weekend, they, both supporter bases are going to treasure this trophy, whoever does come away with it. Yeah, it's a kind of renewal for the, the League Cup. Let's call it that, Carabao Cup, whatever the sponsor is. But it's the League Cup. And it is the third most important trophy domestically in England. And it's fair enough and it shouldn't change. But given the meaning for both sides, um, yeah, it definitely adds plenty more significance. Um, I'm not sure what the state of the FA Cup is because Newcastle got knocked out, so I've stopped caring about that. But <laughs> that, ends, <Spot> on. <laughs> that ends up with two sides that have been there four of the last five times. Well, you know, it, it doesn't have the allure that, that this contest does. Well, thankfully, it can't be Liverpool Chelsea again. Yeah, getting a little boring, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's get on to what we uh, wanted to uh, have a chat to you about, Adam, and that is... Where to next for Australian football? I reached out to you uh, whilst you were in Qatar, and we'll talk. You know, we were communicating about hey, how how good the success was enjoyed by the Socceroos, and then we had you know the the vibe being great, you know, upbeat, and then we had the Melbourne derby incident, and it all went to shit for a little yeah. while. Why do we shoot ourselves in the foot, and where do we go to from here as far as overall? Like you know, what is the objective here for Australian football? Yeah, well, these are just personal reflections. Yeah, if I know, is it gospel and I'm demanding no. that this happen? But All opinion. I think 
the, the fracturous nature of how the game's set up in the country means that things like this are always going to happen. Now, this is an extreme example. It's from mm. one absolute extreme to the other absolute extreme. So it, it does highlight, in my opinion, how fractured the governance model is in Australia, how everyone looks after their, and I call it a farm, with mm. seven, eight, ten different paddocks and all anyone cares about is their own paddock, really, when it comes down to it. Um, doesn't care about the even though it's on one farm and and other sports look at us and go why can't you get it right and then you explain to it and it takes a long time to explain how the sport's set up and they just shake their head so it's difficult it always will be though because there's too much self-interest once you have self-interest it's very hard to push it out the way now these are overarching issues not skipping over the point of a goalkeeper shouldn't be worried about okay he chucked the flare back but he shouldn't be worried about being attacked by 150 people and a bucket thrown out his head so that's the extreme example. We want to we want to revel in what happened at the World Cup. Everything in between and the outside noise that comes in, I kind of I've got used to ignoring. Oh, what are your little flares at games of football and blah blah? Well, I just go back and say, did you have a problem with the flares at Fed Square when we're in the middle of the World Cup? No one was piping up then. So those those takes are irrelevant in my opinion. How it fixes itself is, I think you just got to everything funnels back to the need to what's the best way to push the sport forward. It's when the soccer is and Matilda's perform on the world stage okay how do we do that we work it all the way back and it's developing players this is what it comes down to and mm. coaches by, mm. yeah as well yeah developing the players developing coaches and all the focus needs to go in there or the majority of the focus mm. i'd even say there's an argument to de- help develop administrators as well with, with sorry in the game i'd say there's an argument to help develop administrators as well within the game too yeah and, and actually it has see- shown that that if you've got an administrator who has actually played the game or has got a close attachment to the game, look, I look at a lot of the administrations in football and 50% of the people who work in there, would they follow the sport day by day if they weren't working there? No. Now, did you go to AFL House or work at the NRL and say the same? No. So for, for I'm not saying all, but no, a lot of people that work in the industry, it's a job first, then a passion second. Now, that, that might be a little unfair and maybe the 50 50% call is wrong. Hmm. But I think I've noticed in the last couple of years that there's a there's a bit of a change, there's a bit of a difference, especially with Football Australia, the, the hmm. people that they've got in there. Um, APL, there is, but is it really a football person making the decision to say, let's play at three o'clock during summer for men's and women's? Probably not because your product's going to suffer. It's not going to be as good as it can be. So that, that, those are just little examples, but hopefully it continues. Hopefully it continues that evolution where a lot more people who are unabashed massive fans of football are involved in the day-to-day running of football i don't really want to reopen old wounds here but i'm gonna sort of bring something up that might be a little contentious i'm gonna ask you adam is the game in a better spot now than it was four years ago prior to the clubs taking over control of the a-leagues when the f when football australia football federation australia was running the competition yes we had our issues but it seems as though it's compounding at the moment. When you say the game, do you just say the A-League? Yeah, yeah. Then the game as a whole. I'm referring mainly to the professional competitions. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Because I get the feeling that things around the game, such as uh, state-based competitions with youth league competitions, I can only speak of New South Wales, but they're actually waking up the fact that the kids need more games. 100%. So that's in a better spot. Yep. At the top level, are they putting more funding? Are they getting more government help? Football Australia to help junior national programs. Yes, they are. Yeah. Are they getting more? Are they capitalising sponsorship-wise on the soccer run? Yes, they are. Mm. So that's in a better space. Mm. The A Leagues itself, oh, it's hard to say if it's better. I was there at Fox for the last like four years ago, for instance, and it was wasn't too flush then either. The state of the competition. 
mm. and it was reflected in the resources put in by the broadcaster. Yeah. So, like, Fox saw where it was going, knew it probably wasn't going to renew and kind of put associated... Um, that's why I ended up commentating. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you did a good job, not, you know. <laughs> so... You look at the now, and yeah, they're, they're trying. Um, are they focused on the development of the competition or the development of their digital strategy? Mm. That's very contentious. That's a very good question. So, That's, yeah, and they view themselves now. You have a look at the Silver Lake, who's made Silver Lake, who's made a hundred forty million dollar investment in it. You have a look at their website, and they say we've invested in the A League's competition. What is it? It's a it's a digital company or something like that. Mm. It doesn't say football competition. So. Mm. No, I don't know if you're if you're running the A leagues, what's at the heart of it all, and that's the football, in my opinion. But they might have a different idea because they can see a different future for it. And hey, I'm not smart enough to to say that that's patently wrong. I just mm. get a bad feeling. About it. I agree with you with regard to the NPL and and the fact that they've extended the youth competition to be 34 rounds. I think in particular in New South Wales, I think it's been a great move, and hopefully we'll see the the fruits of that in in the next year or two. Mm. Um, with regard to you're right with regards to the A-League and the APL where they're trying to establish, establish themselves as a relevant brand focusing on or trying to reach a younger audience in the sense that, hey, you know, we're developing this keep-up app and all this online presence and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, though, both MPL clubs and A-League clubs need to engage with their uh, with their communities or the local communities or targeted fan bases and and. And in particular, the NPL clubs, as we're approaching this um, national second division, that's got to be yeah, critical. It does. I don't know how you do that. Well, that's the. I mean, the best way you appeal to someone is they come to you rather than the other way around. <laughs> yeah. you know, we were talking at the top about um, our affiliations with our premier, our yeah. English side. Mm. That's come through my father. I'm not sure how you guys fell yeah. into the clubs you love. But Shoot magazine. Shoot magazine. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I I fell into it because of. My father, because he's from Newcastle. So, what's happening here in Australia? Are they those the love of the club? Is that being passed on mm. like it is in other parts of the world? I hope so. That's the only way that really it's going to have long term success. Because we're getting to that point now with the A League, where we have a second generation coming through now. With particularly with the foundation clubs, they're getting to the point now where they're having families and the kids are coming through and they're getting potentially into their teen years. Is this just a long waiting game, particularly when you also extend that to the likes of West United and MacArthur? Is it just a case of waiting out the storm? Um, I, don't, I think if you wait, it, it's kind of that that will happen organically. But in the meantime, you've got to find ways to engage with the audience. Yeah. And when I say the love of the club, well, that's one big part of it. But you're right. What's the strategies in the here and now to um, attract new fans that, are going to have that love of the club in 20 years' time to pass on to future generations. So it's it's a tricky one in the digital age as well. Um, and the comparisons that are like the strength is the weakness, the weakness is the strength. The, the strength is that we're a worldwide game. The weakness is that you can watch it from any part of the world. So And every sport has that. Like rugby league has it, AFL has it, um, netball has it, strengths and weaknesses both ways, um, which is sometimes the same thing. So, yeah, I, I just hope that the, the A-League kind of really focus in on the football that's that's my hope yeah absolute full intent on improving the football and making it attractive and say i want to see young australian kids come through 
I get frustrated when I see like a Alex Parsons at Sydney go to Sydney and not get much of a chance. Then he scores a goal to equalise against Brisbane recently. And it's like, why isn't this? Why haven't I seen more of this guy? I don't really want to see a, a 31-year-old who's played at uh, 13 clubs overseas and come mm. here and he's really good to watch, but I'd rather see the kid. Yeah. But that's just me. Other people might want something different. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's a tricky, tricky thing to find. And I don't envy the API in that regard. Yeah. It seems like I think the Australian football family, if we can use that term, right, even though we are fractured, I think we're ready for it to have a serious discussion around around Euro snobbery and actually accepting the game and actually calling for the A-League for what it is, the NPL for what it is. It's never going to be the best league in the world. But you're right. Let's get the kids that are playing at grassroots actually excited to actually go and see the NPL, like the next progression up right, mm. from where their grassroots are and actually get them that way uh, relevant to the A-League as well, right? So that way you've, you engender that passion throughout the different tiers of the football here. And hopefully with the advent of the NSD, you get promotion relegation and then real attachment to clubs. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. long-term strategy, mm. but short-term, do, do we have the money to carry this through? And unfortunately, I wish it wasn't about money, but it is because if they want to have a professional environment, there's got to be money. And mm. I've done an article this week for Code, Code Sports about talking to all the key stakeholders. So Football Australia, the the clubs, um, took to one of the clubs, Scotty McDonald up there at Gold Coast Knights, they're dead keen. But they're dead keen because they've got a, a multi-multi-million heir who wants to invest in the club and invest in the local community, and he sees that's the best way at Gold Coast Knights. Um, yeah. Also talked to PFA, also talked to briefly the APL, who have basically been locked out, and not locked out, but just ignored in the negotiations. So, yeah. Oh, it's it's the I'd love to see a national second division, but there's a lot of scepticism around how it's going to work and how mm. are actually going to make sure that in three years' time all these clubs don't go kaput. It's a very tricky scenario as well because it's difficult to get it into a place where it's not just the original or the current situation, and you just have it as a national competition. Yes, you can potentially split it up into conferences and all that sort of thing, but how far removed is it actually from the current competition to what it would be? And the players are just paid a bit more. And yeah. great, we want more professional players in the country, but is there a real development there? That's what the PFA said. They said, well, we want to avoid having an NPL on planes. Yeah. Because all it's going to do, it's not going to improve the product. All it's no. going to do is in, in, increase the cost. Yeah. I was talking to people in WA today and that no one's put their hand up yet to go into national second division. They'd love to football-wise, but they can't afford it. Yeah. It's, mm. it's just too hard. So mm. I don't know that the... the the figures that I found were MPL, the top, top tier MPL sides at the moment. They're paying their players about seven hundred, eight hundred thousand 800,000 a year. So they're the ones with the good benefactors that are happy to kind of support uh, the club and, you know, get their jollies that way. Um, yeah. Whereas the lowest wage bill in the A-League is $2.5 million. Now, that's propped up a little by uh, centralised revenue and sure. TV rights, but not totally, but that's a big gap. And that's where they want to land this um, National Second Division, somewhere in the middle wage-wise, like, to $1.5 million wage bill. But then all the other associated costs of running a club year-round, it's it's huge. It's a huge investment. Let's just change tack for a second. Women's game, World Cup, Women's World Cup. What are your thoughts? Fantastic for the game and and happily, unlike the Asian Cup where it kind of got like it was on, it was a great event and then it ended and then it was like the the circus tent being packed up and it was off to another part. We never heard about, about it again. There was a bit of legacy funding from it, but, I mean, there was no... There's a great story up in Queensland where they took some of the legacy funding. It wasn't huge. It was like any government that invested in it, if there was a profit from the tournament, the monies went back to those state, state governments, governments who invested yeah. in it. 
with the thought that they'd invested back in football somewhere like lights and, and they did that in New South Wales. Queensland took the money and spent a hundred grand on the Commonwealth Games with it. So you oh, know wow. uh, they've woken up to it a little bit now with a, a concrete legacy plan, legacy mm. twenty three. Mm. More facilities, especially for girls, women, um Change rooms is a big thing, obviously. Uh, yeah, 100%. Live rounds, all those things. Yeah, it's great. So I think the game administration-wise is a bit wiser to what needs to be done out of it because it will be huge for the game. But it, and I, like the month, we, we love events here in Australia. The mm. month when this is on, it's going to go off. Yeah. That, absolute no doubt. We love it. It'll be fantastic. It'll be a great atmosphere. Um, the football will be good. The storylines will be great. What happens Afterwards. August 20, August 21, whenever yeah. it is, when it finishes, that's the key for Australian yeah. football. I think we're positioned okay, but I want to do a bit more delving into it to exactly make a definitive prediction about how good it's going to be. Because one of my biggest bugbears in Australian football is what happened post-Asian Cup 2015, oh. where everyone was tuned into the football and it was a front page story, effectively. And off the back of that, we again reverted to type where we deal with internal issues and issues surrounding crowd behavior, but not actually trying to engage people to come back to the domestic games. Yeah. Is there a, a strategy in place, Adam, do you see an opportunity here for the women's game in particular to grow beyond this period coming up in winter? I think so. I think just get it into people's heads who are on the periphery of following football that, that this sport is bigger than you think it is. Um, and it's not easy like that. We are so spoiled for choice here mm. in Australia. But last weekend, on Saturday evening, I watched three sports within the space of three hours and loved all of it. I was mm. watching a bit of the cricket. Mm-hmm. This is before I went to yeah. shit uh, <laughs> in India. <laughs> I was watching a league trial, uh, which is good. It was good fun. Yeah. And I was watching the Melbourne Derby. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is this is all elite stuff and it's easily e- easy to get into, easy to sink your teeth into. Um so there's, there's so much choice. So what you're going to have to do is whatever you're doing, you're going to do it well. And if there's a little, there's a, a bit off, well, it's going to get exposed and you'll just move on to the next thing to watch. So, yeah, I, I don't think before, I think after is the key, especially for the APL with the, the A-League women's to try yeah. and build something, to, to talk into it and maybe get players back for guest stints if they're, play, they're not playing in Europe and, yeah. and highlight those stars and, and build the competition. Well, the, the good thing is that the plan from the uh, APL is obviously to extend the A-League women's in, in the future years, which is which is good. And, but you're right, the legacy has to go towards the grassroots in particular, the change rooms, you know, they, all those kind of things, which are the feel-good factors, which will encourage parents to get their daughters along to play football and say, look, you know. You would hate to think, and because i got no doubt, if, if Sam Kerr was 10 years old now, she'd probably end up playing AFL footy. Wow. You know, in all pro- like yeah. maybe, yeah. But it's hard to argue. She'd have the op- a massive opportunity to play yeah. AFL footy. <laughs> what you don't want, and it's a bit like the the cost situation for MPL players MPL. in this country. What you don't want is them rocking up like a, the Qual brothers. Oh, I'll go and play AFL footy instead of football. Mm. Football's too expensive. So how many of those are we going to miss? And yeah, this kickback of oh, that's a silly argument. You don't know. Well, no, that is the argument. You don't know. No, that's <laughs> right. Like, You'd have, why is it a risk? Let's um, try and mitigate the risk as much as possible. And that's what that legacy fund is about. So that's a more enjoyable experience for a young 10-year-old, wherever they are in Australia, to go down. The parents are impressed. The facilities are great. I stick with the game. Oh, bit of talent. And then they work up the chain. It all comes back to money, as you were saying earlier, Adam. And you say it's too expensive to get into, but it's also more lucrative if you do make it as an athlete and you stay in Australia. 
yes, yeah. of course, if you're a football player, you have the potential to go into Europe and earn massive money, but that's the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. If you're stay in Australia and play A-League, compare that to an AFL or an NRL player, you're earning peanuts. True, true. But the, the only reason the AFL and the NRL players are paid that much is because that's their top tier. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But yeah, that feeds yeah. into the competition for the kids coming through and the Sam Kerr chat that you just mentioned, why she might go and play AFL if she was 10 years old now. That's the real competition. Yes, it's just as expensive. Well, it is super expensive to get into as a kid, but there's also the lure that you're going to make more money playing other sports. Yeah, yeah. It, it can't be about the money, though. We, we know it is about the money as far as de- you know re- uh, developing talent, in particular youth football. Adam mentioned NPL. Youth football. I mean, how many stories have been you know told about it being too expensive for you know youth players to to play and you know to to, to develop, right? Mm. But it has to. What football strength is, and I think we don't utilize it enough as a family, is to actually say, you know, this is the world game. Look at the opportunities that uh, that exist overseas. We haven't got enough. We don't make enough of our relationship with Asia as well. I mean, we need to treat. Australian football itself needs to treat the Asian Champions League and the Asian competitions with a lot more respect and actually promote them, right? Um, we've got all these opportunities and all these strengths that we can actually utilise, but we don't actually spruik that at all. And we don't spruik the love of the game enough. We, yeah, we've got the the highest amount of participation. There's a reason for that. Let's, you, you know, you, what do we do to actually try and get people to use that reason to actually help have a, a great experience with the game? Because... A lot of the kids, a lot of the playing talent gets disillusioned with it and then walks away from the game. And then they become Euro snobs because, you know, the game's crappy because they've been treated like crap as well, for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, they feel like they've been treated like crap, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's not an easy thing to skip around. It's a, it's a truth, uncomfortable truth. But yeah, just at every level, you just want to try and create as many good experiences mm. as possible. And look, people are going to get the shits because they're going to get dropped or, you know, yeah. they'll have a run in of personalities. This is just going to happen. Yeah, of course. But that happens everywhere. Um, that's part of it. And, yeah, people are going to drop out. There will be a turnover um, of, of players in the game because they'll lose love of the game. That just happens. There's a lot of things to do in life, especially in Australia, mm. and a couple of existence for the most part. So, yeah, it's, there, there's not... There's not, a, there's never as much wrong as you think there is, and there's never as much right as you think there is. So we're saying hundred percent. What should the objective be for football in Australia? Should it be develop talent, try to win a World Cup? Because I think that would actually be the objective myself, rather than trying to become become the number one code, as it were, because that'll never happen. Yeah, uh, totally irrelevant. My opinion, 100%. totally yeah. irrelevant. What you are domestically in the rankings, hundred percent. Who cares? Yep. Could not care less. Hundred percent. Could not care after experience that in in Qatar. Like if if people still want to bag the sport, <laughs> if they if they had the chance, and I was very lucky, they had the chance to experience that, and they come back and still want to bag the sport. Well, there's no helping them. It's, it was a an amazing experience to watch an Australian side do that. It'll be an amazing experience to watch the Matildas do it on home soil. Hopefully, um, mid year. So I I couldn't give two shits about where we are in the domestic rankings. Amen. Amen. So and there's much- another opportunity in 10 months' time with the Asian Cup rolling around again. That's right. Yeah, 3 o'clock in the morning. Great. Can't yeah, wait. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a good time of year again. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's a bit more conducive to staying up, you know, the heat of, you know, the heat of summer. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. So 
How much does Newcastle win the League Cup final by on Sunday? Seven <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those Boxing Day matches from nineteen sixty three. Yeah. Yeah. Five Incredible. Oh, I'd take I'd take a, a half Newcastle nil. United win one nil after De Gea throws it in his own net when he's trying to. <laughs> like, I, I could not care. Hey, he's got a clanger in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so does Carrius, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. yes. It, it's amazing how football works, isn't it? This guy hasn't played a game for two years, and he's going to play in the biggest game in Newcastle's history for I don't know, going back what you guys can say a time frame. Nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Actually, the last. Oh, ninety nine was the last FA Cup final, but our last cup success was nineteen sixty nine. The uh, Inner Cities Cup. Whatever that was, UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup. Let's call it a UEFA Cup. <laughs> yeah, Carrius is fascinating because he was probably the hero of Manchester United fans a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it ends up and goes the other way this time. That's true. Adam, you're an absolute legend. Thank you for joining us and giving us your time on this Friday afternoon when we're recording. Um, hope to have you back on in the future at some point. And um, but again. Adam, where can people find you? Code Sports now, obviously. Where else? Yeah, codesports.com.au. I'm doing a few um, podcasts for the listener as well. Um, so, But they're in other sports. But, um, yeah, mainly codesports.com.au and trying to write about as much football with an Australian slant as possible because with code, you get all the Times mm. stuff as well. You get all the Henry Winter articles and everything. Awesome. So it's... Um, I'm not spruiking the deal. That's uh, spruiking sure. the company here, but um, yeah, I'm I am spruiking the company basically. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> trying to provide as much value for football fans because uh, yeah, there's keep up, and that's yeah. like I've got a lot of friends that work there and everything like that. So and there's there's other places around that are, are doing a good job. There's just another one out there. All good. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Go the Geordies. You too, guys. Go Newcastle. That's it. Cheers, Adam. Great to be chatting to Adam about all things Australian football and the current situation in this country at all levels of the game. And fantastic, Laz, that you were able to get him on because it's your guest. Uh, he's our guest, Nathan. He's our guest. Yes. <laughs> he's our uh, guest. You were the one who uh, orchestrated his appearance uh, on look, the backpack. Yeah, look, we, we try our best to get uh, the best on here, so we'll keep going with that. We'll keep persevering and, pl- and, uh, and chipping away at it. Uh, how, how good was Adam? How good was Adam? Oh, absolutely fantastic. A legend of the Australian broadcasting scene. Oh. And absolutely fantastic to have him on. So uh, thank you again to Adam. And uh, we hope to have him on again soon. But Laz, what caught your eye during this week? Well, I was going to ask you that. What caught your eye this week? The one thing that's in the forefront of my mind at the moment is the ticket sales for the Women's World Cup. Mm. Because the latest batch went on sale at midday today. We're recording this on Friday afternoon. And people and, are wow. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm one of them. I still haven't got a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> neither have I, and neither have a few people at my work, I can tell you. I, apparently, they sold 20,000 tickets today. Is that of all? The, okay. Of the approximate, what, it's going to be around 40K that are still, well, prior to today, that were to be filled, sure. moving it from Moorpark to Homebush. Yep. And uh, the, uh, I saw that there's going to be another batch of tickets go on sale in April, and maybe that'll be the last chance. Maybe, yeah. So the single ticket, um, the single ticket uh, sales will be on at that time. I think if that's uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So that's the really the last option. I think it is to get tickets for the group game against Ireland. And yeah, 
So for those of us who are unable to get a ticket to the group match, then fingers crossed the Matildas can top the group because the round 16 game will also be in Sydney for the winner of Group B. And hope, hopefully they do. Hopefully Canada fall apart and the Matildas hey, can it, it, finish in first. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the cards. Could be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you were to go around and make some predictions now, I think a lot of people would say Australia will top the group ahead of Canada. Yeah, possibly. Well, what did you a make? lot can change in yeah. five months. Yeah. What did you make of the Cup of Nations? Hey, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I think overall... A lot of work. Yeah, there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to do. Yeah. Overall, it's a positive, both yeah. on and off the pitch, I think. And winning the games, that does really put a stamper of authority for Australia that it's not really as chaotic and haphazard as it has seemed in the past, in recent mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. There is something brewing here. And I think, because really... Look, Cup of Nations, it's a Cup of Nations. It doesn't really matter if Australia won the games or not in isolation, but it was a great opportunity to test some things and some things didn't work and we didn't see them again once uh, they didn't really work out, which is good. We're learning. Uh-huh. And I think this team's in a much better place now. And look, I don't think Australia are favourites to win the World Cup just because we won the Cup of Nations, but we're certainly in a better spot now than we were a month ago. No, I agree. I agree. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Well, I had a few things that caught my eye off the pitch. Well, pitch-related, I guess. But uh, did you see the Liverpool fans trying to upset Real Madrid, letting off firecrackers at 2 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> oh, there of... was another story at, with a surrounding Everton in recent months. Okay. Firecrackers, and that backfired as well. Yes. So maybe maybe teams are waking up to the, to the firecrackers and the hotel antics, and it doesn't have the same effect that it has uh, in uh, years gone by. Maybe it was just overblown anyway. Yeah, but... I agree. 5-2 will do that to you, though. 5-2 mm, yes. will overblow it. <laughs> and Modric's standing ovation at Anfield. Yeah, and Benzema, too. Yeah, and Benzema. Do you hear about yeah, the it new... takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot to get a standing ovation out of an away support, particularly yeah. Liverpool. Very true, very true. Um, did you hear about the Newcastle United supporter whose puppy dog ate his League Cup tickets? No, that mm. no. Come on, come on. That no. that cannot be true. It is true. That cannot be. That that's a wind up to try and no, get a ticket. Surely it, it's not a wind up at all. There's photographic evidence of it. <laughs> and the uh, I, I've seen so it. many people around that are really struggling to get tickets for the game. And, so many people who've been to Wembley so many times for on the Manchester United side for all the, mm. the for some of the recent uh, appearances United made in the last decade or so. But tickets for this game on the weekend are impossible. Yep. One of the hottest tickets in town. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, he uh, jokingly put his uh, golden retriever up for sale. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, too- it, might, it might cost that much to get another ticket for the League Cup final. <laughs> the golden retriever is too cute, though. That's for sure. He, yes. he joke- he, that was all jokingly done. But unfortunately, yes, the golden retriever did eat the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, what's he doing leaving them in a spot where the dog can get them? I, th- I think they were just delivered and he happened to be out um, away. Like I said, they were delivered at the door. So it must have been mm. the posters fault or the couriers fault, I'm guessing. Uh, okay. How about this one? Tony Poulos reckons Leo Lionel Messi can do it in Stoke on a cold Tuesday night. He didn't say that. Yes, he did. He interview. did not say that. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, well, playing into the stereotype. So there you go. But uh, all jokes aside, we lost the legend of football commentary uh, last night, John Watson, the legendary John Watson. Yes. And he's uh, one word, one liners which were you know, were quite comical, actually. It was a very good caller, though. It was a very good caller. But that didn't take the cake for me. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Ken Semmer, 
who suffers with a stutter. Ah, right, yes, I have did, seen this. Yes, go did on. Did a post-match interview, which is so fantastic. All the power to him. Wish him all the best. And really, I, I put it on my story on Instagram, and I'll, I will put it on the back pegs uh, story as well. Just an incredible interview, and you know, well done, well done. Really, yeah, great to see. Because there'd be plenty of stigma and. Um, insecurity and all sorts of uh, the mental side of it when you have a, a stamer and to come out and do such a, a fantastic interview post-game. And Watford, I believe, got the win on the day, which, of course, helps. And I think he scored the winner, Ken yeah. Semmer. Mm. Uh, brilliant. All power to him. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And hopefully it can um, take away some of the stigma because these people have voices and they should be heard. Indeed. Indeed. 100%. So that's what took my eye this week. Busy week. Uh, busy week indeed. And busy week. On a little bit of a downer, we should also mention that because since we last recorded, it's been confirmed that we've lost Krishnatsu mm, in the earthquake sad. in Turkey and Syria. Krishnatsu, yeah. formerly of Newcastle United uh-huh. and other high-profile clubs, yep. had been missing for almost a week. And unfortunately, his body had been found mm. in some of the wreckage. So may he rest in peace. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Memory eternal. It's uh, yeah, sad loss. And... Unfortunately, the damage in, uh, continues to happen there. So all our prayers and thoughts with them, with the people of Turkey and Syria and Lebanon. I understand that they've been affected as well. So, yeah, that's uh, all sad. But let's not finish on a downer. The Women's World Cup final spots have been decided. Mm, we were talking about this last week. Mm, so Portugal are in the same, have ended up in the same group as the USA. So... Yes, so there you go. <laughs> yes, and Haiti are in there as well. We were rooting for the Papua New Guineans. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. It wasn't mm. to be. It wasn't to be. So, is that five North American nations in the World Cup or six? That's a good point, actually. I think it's five. It's Could a fantastic six. effort from Concacaf. They cop a lot of stick on this on this podcast. Yeah, and rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> they bring it upon themselves, after all. They do, but whether it is five, whether it is six, mm. it's, it's a fantastic effort from them. No, I agree. I as agree. a confederation. Uh, very true, very true. Because obviously America, Canada, mm-hmm. Haiti, I think Honduras have made it. Well, actually, Panama was the other one that uh, made it through. So just a quick check there. One, two. Sorry, I shouldn't be counting. I should just be saying it. <laughs> um, Haiti, you've got Costa Rica, Canada, USA, Jamaica, and Panama. I think that's six. Wow, six of the best. Indeed, indeed. Fantastic for CONCACAF. CONCACAF, mm. well done. Mm. Yeah, I find it interesting. Yeah, well, see, there you go. They, I guess, uh, they put Panama into the group with Brazil and uh, France. There you go. That's not going to end well for them, but congratulations for getting there in the first place. Yeah, agree, agree. So there you have it. So that's there's that's been other stuff that's caught my eye during the week. Plenty uh-huh. surrounding uh, my team in England, Manchester United. But we'll yeah. we'll, we'll cover that off in uh, in next week's episode because we have a very special guest. Uh, who uh, can shed some more light on the story awesome. surrounding Manchester United at the moment. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I've got one other thing that caught my eye this week, lads, just before we move on. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's come out today, mm-hmm. I've seen on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's apparently that they're giving away tickets to the A-League Women's Grand Final in Sydney, to Sydney FC members. Say that again. I'm slow. I'm, I, I, I didn't <laughs> understand that. <laughs> Say that again. The A League Women's Grand Final. The A League yes. Women's Grand Finals in Sydney this year, as yes, as, uh, as, per the as deal. it will be for the next, as per the deal, as it will be for the next couple of years. And tickets went on sale a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. 
and they must not be doing too well because it's come out today uh, that the APL have offered free tickets to members of Sydney FC. Why just Sydney FC? That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. I'm very Sydney curious. Centric. Sydney centric. Why not Western Sydney Wanderers and well and MacArthur FC either? Or Central Coast Mariners. Mm. Particularly well, Western Central Sydney, Coast... given the, the game's mm. going to be at Parramatta. Yeah. Central Coast Mariners, you know, okay. But I mean we we're talking about A League women's here. So yeah, the Wanderers mm. and and um Sydney FC and you know, there mm-hmm. should be a at least uh, those two clubs. But maybe they have been offered to Western Sydney, but it has come out today that it was Sydney FC members that have been offered a, a double pass to the final. So mm, I hadn't hey, seen they, that. Can't, they, they can't have been sold out. No, I hadn't seen that. But look, it's not done. We know the decision wasn't made for selling out. Well. well actually, <laughs> hang on. Let me rephrase that. Did you like that? Great Freudian slip. Yes. No, the decision was made because of financially viable reasons. And it wasn't yes. a sellout. So, you know, so we're told. Mm. But, oh, geez, it, it doesn't help where everyone's sort of thinking that the APL and Football Australia in the past and the domestic competitions here are too Sydney-centric. It doesn't help the situation when you offer out free tickets to members of Sydney FC. No, I know. I, I take your point. It's not a great look. Um, do you think it was buried because the Women's World Cup tickets are gone on sale? Maybe. Sorry. Maybe. I, I shouldn't be so cynical. Mm, I mean, you're right to be cynical. No, I shouldn't. But I mean, because... the. the Hey, we can just look at the track record. Cynicism is the default option, and rightly so. I don't like being too cynical about that kind of stuff, but there is a part of me that actually says that. There is mm. a part of me. You can cut this bit out, Nathan. I don't care. Yep. Right? But there is a part of me that actually <laughs> says that. Seriously. It's just not, you know. Unfortunately, given the history of the game, it does seem like this could have been done with the hope that, it, you know, the perceived bias or the Sydney-centric story wouldn't come up. Um, the fact is... That you know nothing against Sydney FC. They're great people that work in that organisation, and if they've been able to be clever enough to derive the value out of the APL to enhance their members' experience, all power to them. I don't think personally that it, you know it's, it's a good look because you know you don't want to have that perception. It should be across the board. You either do it for one club, or you you know, or you don't do it at all. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, maybe I'm a di- maybe I, maybe I'm a dinosaur. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's besides the point, Les. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but Danny Townsend has been on record saying in the past that if it's free, it's worthless. But uh, here we are. Yeah, but hang on. Here we are. I, I, wouldn't you rather watch it on 10 plus or 10 play? If you're going to, you're giving it away, right? So mm. you may as well open the stadium and go, you know what? Here, just fill it up, will you? Because we shouldn't be watch... in this situation because to move the grand final for both competitions for the next three years, to move it to Sydney, regardless of the teams in place, yes, sure. The NRL does it, so maybe we should do it as well. But come on. No, no, when you're going to have West Melbourne City against West United or whoever uh, in the grand final, particularly for the women's, the women's game is going to suffer because of this decision. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't argue with you there, Nathan. I'm not a fan of it. We, we've been through that before, right? Mm. We're not fans of the decision. We understand that, yes, okay, for the financial viability of the league, great. Oh, I, I have an issue with that it. as well. Yeah, I so take issue I, with that but, as well. 12 but, million across three seasons between 12 clubs. Yeah. It's yeah. not much. No, no, but it's 12 million that the game didn't have before. But is it worth selling your soul for it? Uh, who am I? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just posing the questions here. Let I think I do know, Les. Let the backpackers decide. 
you yes. Know, let the backpackers decide because the at the end of the day, right? Um, we aren't in the position that ABL are. Their responsibility is to their owners, right? Uh, who are the clubs? Now, the point of contention I have around that is that the clubs apparently didn't vote for this decision. So let the clubs and and the executive of, of the APL have that bun fight, right? But at the end of the day, what we were concerned about were the people that we're trying to engage with, and that's the end users, if I can, and I hate using that term, but the consumers of the of football, the viewers of football, right? The supporters of football. What level of engagement are we are we generating with those people? And as we discussed with Adam, there isn't that much general. Um, direct engagement or there appears to be a lack of direct engagement with the fans. So that's where the issue is, right? And unfortunately, because of dickheads in Melbourne, right? <laughs> because of dickheads in Melbourne, that argument went out the window and you couldn't eat, you could get all the active supporter groups of that of those clubs together. And it just doesn't make it a, a, an iota of difference, right? Because all credibility was lost because somebody decided to throw a flare at a goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper threw it back, and then he ended up with a bucket on his head. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. But ah, uh, you started me. Plus, you start. You started me now, and that was it. I did. I did. I certainly did. I I, I poked the hornet's nest. You did. <laughs> um, uh, and I thought I was going to have a nice. You know, I was, thought I was going to go into the weekend all nice and cruisy. But you've just. <laughs> you know what? I hope Newcastle beats Manchester United five 0 now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You're taking it that personal. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's all good. No. Look, all yeah, yeah. Are, you know, all, all jokes aside, that's what's happened, right? And, mm. and I'll say this all jokes aside, well done, man. You're beating Barca as well. Hey, it's a good week for us. Your uh, mob beat our rivals and our mob beat your rivals. Ah, hang on. You're talking about Real Madrid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Newcastle didn't beat Liverpool, unfortunately, but that's all right. No, but we'll talk uh, about that. Um, well, shall we? No, <laughs> no, let's not. Okay, more important things for Sunday, and that's yes. uh, that's all I'm looking at. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Glad that Bruno's back. I can tell you. Mm, he should be missing the game, but no, he uh, shouldn't. I'm not having. Look, he shouldn't be missing. <laughs> if you want to have this conversation now, let's have it. Right? Oh, I got no problem. Oh, with that. Okay. Oh, the fact is, oh, he served right. his three match ban. That's the end of it. You can't pick and choose in which competition he gets to serve it just so it can suit your needs. I'm sorry. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, geez. Gee whiz. So now, you, now this has become a really fiery thing now, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. It has. It has. Because one of us, mostly me, keeps bringing it back up again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the start, the spawn of this argument, the genesis of this argument was simply that if you take a red card in a cup competition, you should miss the next match of that competition if your team goes through. You can't Incorrect. be taking a red... And the scenario is, in my head, is that if it's the fifth minute of second half stoppage time, you're 2-1 up, and you got a striker running through on goal, and a centre-back comes along and chops him down and takes a red card, he should miss the next round of Listen, that competition. My wife is calling me for dinner, right? <laughs> I'm not getting into this conversation again. <laughs> The fact is, right, let me just kill the argument right now. The fact is, and I'll use examples to do so. Let's go back to your old mate Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm, yeah, go on. He served his professional suspension. Sir? Yeah, he's sure, all right. He served his professional <laughs> suspension in Saudi Arabia, didn't, did he not? Mm, he carried yeah. over from... Okay, so what point... As he should have. Hang, exactly. So, As he should have. Hang on, wait As a he should have. Wait. That's no problem whatsoever. Wait a second. It's pertinent to my point. Is that not the next professional game that he was entitled to play in? 
In the league, yes. No, 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 no. Was that not the next professional game he was entitled to play in? Yes or no? Yes. Thank My you. point is that you should argument. treat the cup competitions a bit different. No. Not at all. Because? Because, a, in on. theory, in theory, if you play five rounds of the FA Cup, right, you're going to go all the way to the final. One player could get a red card in every single stage of the FA Cup all the way to the final and be right to play. Because he gets a red card in the round of 16, he'd be right to play in the quarterfinal. If he gets a red card in the quarterfinal, he'd be right to play in the semifinal. Hang on a second. It just depends on the turnaround. There is a month, and everybody knows this at the start of the season, right? There is a month between the semifinals and the final. End of story, right? So you think it's all right for a player to take a red card in every stage of one knockout competition all the way to the final? No, I don't, but that's but that's that's not what you actual... that's what you're arguing for. No, 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 no. What I'm saying to you, that's a different point altogether. I don't think it's all right, right? Because it's the same player... point. No, it isn't because that player has a discipline issue. What so the... what? It, do- it doesn't no, matter if they have a discipline no, issue or not. It's, no, it's the conflate... application of the suspension Sorry. that we're arguing. I don't want to speak to you and speak over you, but you're conflating <laughs> the point. It's it's wrong. Your point is wrong. I accept your notion, but your point is wrong because the next time he's entitled to play, or she's entitled to play is the, the professional game in that domestic competition. It doesn't matter. It doesn't appeal to your wafer or it doesn't apply to your wafer in the sense that in, in the sense that that's a different organization that's organizing that game. But it, it's they're the generally accepted well they're the generally accepted rules by the FA, right? That you miss the next domestic professional series of games. It could have been an FA Cup replay that could have happened that next week. He was entitled to miss that game. As he should have. Okay. So then what are we talking about? Because then his suspension would have finished earlier had that been the case, had Newcastle been in an FA Cup replay. And that would have been fine. If he misses the replay, if it's a a three-match ban, he would miss the replay and the next two league games. Correct. And then he would have played against Liverpool on Sunday. Right. Okay. But if Newcastle weren't playing the replay, because that feeds into my point, because the replay is the next game for Newcastle in the FA Cup. No, No, it just happens to be the next competition. But, but it should served, be. He served three Premier League games because they were the next three games for New for Newcastle. That's the end of the end of it. He should have missed Cristiano, two and the final. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Okay, we'll go back to this then, right? So you're saying that if, if someone gets sent off in the last in the second last round of the Premier League, mm-hmm. and that team happens to be in the FA Cup final, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That he should have missed the next league game, mm-hmm. the FA Cup final, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. that happens to be the next league game, yep. or the next sorry game, a domestic yeah, yeah, yeah. game in England, and then that player gets transferred. Mm. That's no problem whatsoever. Okay, no right. problem so whatsoever. He serves that competition. He serves it in that competition. Yep, no problem. What would happen if it's the, the, if it's he gets sent off in the FA Cup semi final, and there's mm. three games before the FA Cup final? Has his team advanced to the final? Yes. Then he should miss two league games in the final. Can't pick and choose when you're missing it. It's the next three games. That's it. Nah, it should it should be one I'm game sorry, in the you, in that no, same competition. You can't pick and choose, and this is my point. You can't pick and choose. It's not picking and choosing. Yes, you are because you're saying it's not. Oh, hang on. It's you simple. Play, if you yeah. get a red, if, if you get a red card in the cups competition, you should miss the next round Nathan, of the cup competition. Nathan, well, what I'm saying, I accept your point. Listen to me. I accept your point, right? But you cannot turn around and say that. All right, you can play in the league the game after you got a red card. I'm sorry, you can't do. No, that. No, we can't. Well, well, it depends if it's a one or a three match fan. Ah, now, hang on. We're getting to your point now. According to you, mm. he can. Because you want him to miss the final. Well, no. If it's a one match ban, then yeah. No, hang on. Red cards, straight red cards or whatever. It is just uh, three matches. Well, three matches, three three games of violent conduct. One game okay. for well, that's anything what, yeah. else. Okay, but three matches, yeah? 
If it's a three-match ban. Well, you can't pick and choose which three matches you get. So, you know what? Uh, you know, he's got to miss the final. No, it doesn't work that way. Whatever the next First priority are, should be in the same cup competition. I take your point. It has merit, but it's not the way it works. And everybody knows the rules. All clubs Hey, it know. doesn't matter. No. Hey, it doesn't but matter if it's the way it well, works. Or not. Because just because it's a status quo doesn't mean no, it should no, stay. No. Listen, no, what I'm saying to you is this, that all clubs, when they enter the competition, are fully aware, and you're smiling, and I can see you smiling, and the enlisters... We, we've had this argument about this five exactly times right. now. <laughs> now the fact is that they can't... You, you can't pick and choose when this ban is going to be served. It's that simple. All clubs know the rules of entry when they participate in these tournaments. That's it. Um, it's yeah, simple. Great. End of story. Great. Great. The clubs the last accept 10 the rules. Talking about it. End of story. Come on. Move on. The Next. clubs accept the rules. Fantastic. That doesn't mean the rules are fantastic mm-hmm. and uh, yes. absolutely perfect. I take your point. I'm not saying that they're not perfect. Like I'm, I'm not saying they are perfect. I take your point. But you're just salty because you wanted to miss the final. <laughs> you think he's could, could threaten you. I'm, I appreciate that. That's an easy thing for you to say, but if it was yes, the other way around, we the same well, thing. Hey, I can tell because we bloody well need him. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you were missing Bruno and Pope, you'd have no chance. Oh, geez, Pope. Yeah. Anyway, what do you do? Never mind. Less said, the better. <laughs> uh, like I said, and like Adam said, I hope we stick it to you. Uh, but anyway, agree. Look, agree. that's a different thing. How good were Real Madrid? Oh, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Really? Well, 2-0 down. N- not for coming. the first 20 minutes anyway. Doesn't matter. World Club champions, just remember that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, I tip my hat to Real Madrid, and I thank them for taking Liverpool to the cleaners. I'll never uh, disparage a team who does Although that. you've got, yeah, you've got them coming up. You've got a big week this week. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you what. Well, Barca, jokes aside, big week. Then it's the league final. Want to, hang on. I don't then want to we got this, West Ham in the no, FA Cup. Hang on. Then me, we got Anfield away. Wait, I was just going to say, I don't want this mm. to turn into a Manchester United show because that's what What's you're wrong trying with that? to do. No, because it's, wrong not, with that? It's, it's called the back peg, not the devil's peg, right? <laughs> hey, we had a Newcastle supporter on today. You can't argue with me. Well, you want to bring another uh, a mank on, uh, on, you know, on our next recording. And I said, yeah, okay, no worries. <laughs> so far out, you know, what do we do? Hey, I'm there's just, another mank really, coming hey, up soon. I'll tell you I what, if, if, we, if we lose, I might just avoid that. I might just boycott. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll just be me and our guest a one on one. Oh, great. No, God. Last you know can't be with us today. He's just no. too salty. No, we won't do that. I'll tell you why, because then it will turn into a bloody Manchester United <laughs> podcast. And I'm not having that. I'm not having oh, that. So there you go. Fantastic. Absolutely all right, fantastic. All right. So you got to rise out of me now. You got me all fired up. Yep. Yep. And moving <sighs> from one red you got devil your to content. another. Seriously. I got my content. I thought, yes. Yeah. I got my sound bites. Far out. <laughs> oh. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. So should we go over our obscure leagues quickly? Yes, as I say, moving from one red devil to another. Oh, bloody hell. Seriously. No, I want to go to Vietnam first. <laughs> All right. Hey, Minh City have broken their duck. Oh, they, well done. They beat well Binduong away. 2-1. Massive result. Massive result. Yes. Told you that we would jump them and we have. We've gone up one mm-hmm. place from 13th to 12th. <laughs> hey, moving in the right direction. <laughs> That's right. And we have Ho Chi Minh City has... As it's, oh, of course, my screen's decided to freeze, of course. Okay, Ho Chi Minh City is at home to Hanoi on Sunday evening. That's a tough one. Yes, it is, because Hanoi, Hanoi are a good side. Are a second. Mm. So there you go. How about your mob? Well, we were playing yeah. against uh, a guy live last uh-huh. weekend uh-huh. who had three draws to start the season. And you did predict this. Yeah, so it was probably <laughs> going to end up going to be another draw, and uh, lo and behold, it was. It was a one-all draw. Wonderful. 
Yep. So um, my my VIT team, uh, Kongan Hanoi, or the Hanoi Police, they, they sit eighth in the table after four games. And on the weekend, we play on Saturday night against uh, Hai Fong, We're the team the just above us in the table. Yeah, we're just one point behind mm. you guys, so there you go. Ooh, it's heating up. Come on, Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh City, let's go. <laughs> let's go I to... wonder when we play each other. Yeah, we'll have to have a look at it's that. It's got to be coming up. It will be coming up, but let's go to Colombia. Yes. And your boys, how they how they get on? I want to talk about your boys. How are they getting on? All right. Well, they had a, they had a good win. They did on the weekend. They had a one 0 win away at Independiente Medellin. Which we said Medellin is a hard place for them to go to. Mm -hmm. And it was the second minute of second half stoppage time that the goal came from from Luis Sanchez. There you go. Uh, and that leaves us top of the league, lads. Yes. There you go. You picked the you picked the good one there. You picked. But the good we one. have played two games more than the team below us in the table. So that's right. It's a bit of a faux position, yes. but I'd rather have points on the board than games in hand. And we had a Deportivo Cali had a one-all draw hosting Aguilas Doradas, who are in third, and Deportivo Cali are in 16th, but undefeated. That's a decent point. Yeah, decent point. Decent point. But away, away to third. Can't, no, can't no, be too sniffy of that. At home. At ah, home. At home. Eh, still. Yeah, at home. So there we go. And so, who your boys got on the weekend? Deportivo Cali are away to Deportes Tolima. Oh, Yes, Deportes de Lima are in 12th and uh, have played four games and on five points. So there's an opportunity there. here. Yeah, win there yeah. and we can jump up the league. Fantastic. And uh, America de Cali, they're playing uh, the fifth place uh, Envigado on the weekend, Sunday around midday. Awesome. Awesome. And we've hit the back peg, Nathan. Yes, we have arguments, discussions, hot headedness in between. Jeez, you got to uh, We finally up. hit the back peg. Yes. Uh, because yeah, it was, I was a bit, thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit, a uh, bit, bit, a uh, bit uh, calm. Yeah, this episode but, of the backpack. We, uh, we had to get stir but, the pot a little bit, sure. Because, because Adam's a calm dude as well, right? Yep. So emanates calmness, and I, you know, yeah. But you just managed to push my button again with regard to that bloody Bruno Guimaraes <laughs> suspension. Seriously. Anyway, hey, uh, I might need to push that button again. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can bury it now. I think, uh, I think it's done. <laughs> Five times is more than enough to yes, bring that up. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, yes, Lazo. thank you, Laz. Thanks, Laz, for joining me on the back peg. And thank you for organizing uh, Adam to come on the show. Yeah. Fantastic uh, get. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully more to come. Hopefully more indeed. Shout out to uh, all the back peggers out there listening to indeed. this episode of the pod. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, and, thank you, back peggers. Uh, Thank you for your feedback, for your reviews, and there'll be big things coming soon. We'll have like, a pod out yeah. again next week with another guest. Very much looking forward to that one. Tell your friends, please like, share, subscribe. Tell them about the back peg. Hopefully you guys once again, enjoyed. Once again, thank you very much for listening. I've been I've been Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Grouse. Take care, all. And go, Geordies. Come on, the Red Devils. <laughs> <laughs>